Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you. And the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And what does all that mean? That means living life like it matters. You know, ladies, gentlemen, listeners, you know, the Bible's pretty clear. It is appointed for man to die one time and then comes the judgment. And, you know, we will stand someday, someplace, somewhere, uh, and be held account for our lives. No matter what you believe about God or what you believe about this or that, it's pretty clear that we are to live and examine life. It's pretty clear that there is a count, that there's an account in this thing called life. Uh, and at some point, there needs to be some reconciliation. There needs to be some closing out of the account. You know, after you've been on a vacation for two weeks, you know, I used to go to these timeshares and uh, at the end of the week or two weeks, uh, there'd be a reconciliation of our bill. Certain things were covered because we had an all-inclusive package. Certain things were not. Just like life. Certain things will be covered, whether that be grace, mercy, forgiveness, um, pound of flesh, record of wrong, whatever that is, right? And so today, uh, I'm going to play doctor. You know, I, uh, for those that have never met me, have never been in my presence, been to my training, uh, I wear scrubs all the time. Uh, Lee will tell you that to anybody that's been around me. Uh, I wear scrubs all the time. So I got, I got 30 different sets of scrubs. And so uh, wherever I go, it, uh, it, it never fails that someone asks me, are you a doctor? Are you a pediatrician? Are you a veterinarian? You know why? Depending on what scrub I am wearing, they will then put me in a category of, oh, you must be a pediatrician. Oh, you must work with kids because I have kids stuff on my shirt. Or um, you must be a, um, are you a veterinarian? Because I have a Blue's Clues one. Or are you a doctor of this because I'll have one with different symbols on it. Uh, And I always joke with people, no, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on weekends if you know what I mean. (laughs) Now, when I say if you know what I mean, it makes it sound twisted, but there's no twisted there. It just makes it sound that way. And this is my whole point. Nobody responds to reality. We make judgments. Uh, Yeah, you do. Quit lying to yourself. We're judgmental creatures. And so today I am going to play doctor or nurse or a medical assistant, whatever the terminology is. You know, if you go to a quick care center, before you ever see a, quote, doctor, you have this other person come in, and they take your vitals, and they ask you questions, and they hit your knee with a little thing to see if you have reflexes, right? But that's not the doctor. That person's just taking down some information. And then we'll give that information to the doctor who will then come in and ask questions about the questions that you already answered. And then maybe ask a few different questions. Why? Because that doctor wants to give you a diagnosis. And today, I'm going to give you a diagnosis. But before we do that, let me share a quick story. 
When I was a little boy, my mom liked to make breakfast food for dinner every now and then. And I remember one night in particular when she had made breakfast after a long, hard day at work. On that evening so long ago, my mom placed a plate of eggs, sausage, and extremely burnt biscuits in front of my dad. I remember waiting to see if anyone noticed if my dad was going to yell or scream or complain or do anything like that. Yet uh, he didn't. All my dad did was reach for his biscuit. He smiled at my mom and asked how my day was at school. I don't remember what I told him that night, but I do remember watching him smear butter and jelly on that biscuit. And it was burnt. It was dry. It was black. It was crumbling. And you know what? He ate every bite. When I got up from the table that evening, I remember hearing my mom apologizing to my dad for burning the biscuits. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, quote, baby, I love burned biscuits. Later that night, I went to kiss daddy goodnight, and I asked him if he really liked his biscuits burned. He wrapped me in his arms, held me tight, squeezed me, and said, your mama put in a hard day at work today, and she's really, really tired. And besides, a little burnt biscuit never hurt anyone. You know what's cool about this story, and you could put all, take all kinds of takes on it, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, people could turn anything into a negative. But you know what's cool about that story? That man knew something about himself. That man knew who he was. That man knew what he wanted. That man had vision. I can guarantee you that man did not. Uh, enjoy those biscuits. Uh, I like a little bit of darkness on a piece of toast, a little crust, uh, but burnt, burnt, nah. I like a little burnt, little black, you know, a little bit like that, kind of like me, a little black, right? I <laughs> like that, but burnt. But you know why he responded the way he did? Because he knew who he was. He knew what he was supposed to do. So we talk all the time about a mission statement. A mission statement is your, is your directional device through life. It's like a compass. It's like a, a map, if you will, a GPS. Because we get off on course. We get off on life. And sometimes we, we get askew. We, get a, we go on a tangent. Uh, we're not paying attention. We see a shiny object. We see a, a squirrel. And all of a sudden, we're down a, quote, rabbit hole. And we got to readjust. Remember, part of being a leader is fluid. And I'm going to suggest today that uh, we're in a, a mess in America. But let me explain why. This is not a complaining. This is reality. Some of you need to realize just because something doesn't feel good doesn't mean it's negative. You know? I, I had a friend of mine that bust up their ankle. Actually, his wife bust up his ankle. And uh, had to take her in to, to, to get it set. Uh, and before they could set it, they had to pull it back into place. A lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Why would you put that woman through all that pain? Because it had to happen for it to be properly set. Childbirth, a friend of, uh, of Val, Brittany, just had a, a beautiful baby. And man, the pain that she went through, nine months of uncomfortableness, nine months of uh, putting someone else before herself, and then hours of labor and the pain that women go through. And yet, she's joyful. She has an incredible child. See, there is some necessary pain. 
But I'm going to suggest in 30 years of working with people at the unconscious level and the deep structural level uh, that we put ourselves through a lot of unnecessary pain. And today I'm going to suggest that's what's going on in America uh, is that we have an existential crisis. America no longer knows who we are. You know, Ronald Reagan, and we play this clip a lot about the, the light, the shining light on a hill. You know, Ronald Reagan, one thing I love about Reagan is uh, he kind of defined America who we are. We're a beacon. We're a light. We're a conduit. But it, it's just not America. You, America is made up of a whole bunch of different groups, a whole bunch of different individuals. I'm going to suggest the church is lost. The church has an existential crisis. The church doesn't know who we are. And I'm going to suggest that individually we're an existential crisis. Individually, we don't know who we are. Look at the Olympics. 56% drop-off, 48% drop-off. Why? Because the existential crisis for four years, patriotism was called white nationalism. For four years, we were evil if we were pro-America, if we wanted to put America first. And now with all the wokeness and all the people trashing America and attacking America as this evil country, now we're supposed to root for people behind a flag that they hate, that they can't stand behind, that they think is evil. Do you, do you understand? I'm schizophrenic and so am I. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to talk about this. Because of missions, knowing who you are, knowing what to do and the quality in which you do it. And without that, I'm going to tell you, there's an existential crisis. So I'm black and we'll be right back. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm playing doctor. Yes, the doctor is in the house, Dr. Black. Uh, and as I have to tell my good friends and people I work with, I am not a doctor. Disclaimer here, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I just play one on weekends. I play one on the radio. Now, what I do is I take the, the known scientists' uh, ideas and I merge them together. Uh, my disciplines are transactional analysis, uh, neuro-linguistic programming, multiple intelligences, logotherapy, uh, um, constant never-ending improvement, canine, emotional intelligence. I'm a man of God, so I eat scripture, so I wrap everything in the word of God. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, there is an existential crisis going on. Existential crisis. Um, we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are as a country. 
the church doesn't know who it is. The church is so busy wanting to be liked by the world. The church is so busy wanting to fill their uh, their 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 pews. The church is so busy wanting to entertain and wanting the world to like it and approve of it and accept it that the church has disappeared. Uh, now, it is uh, good to know that in the last days, the Bible is pretty clear. First uh, Timothy 4 talks about it. Second Timothy 4 talks about it. Uh, the book of Thessalonians talks about it, both first and second, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the great falling away, the great apostasy. So the good news is uh, that the church is a lot smaller than we ever thought it was. It truly is a remnant because for the longest time, you could have one foot in the church, uh, the kingdom of God, and one foot in the world, the kingdom of man. Um, always equated to two chairs, uh, two small chairs set, set, you know, uh, set up right next to each other. You put one foot on one chair, you're standing on them, and one leg on the other chair, and you're stable. But if you have someone move those two chairs like six inch apart and then restabilize, and then move them a foot apart and then restabilize, and then move them a foot and a half, you'll get more wobbly and wobbly. And at some point, you'll have to choose sides. You'll have to choose either to put both feet on the chair on the left or both feet on the chair on the right. And that's where we're at. I believe God is separating the wheats and the tares. And if you don't understand wheats and tares, tares are weeds, but when they're little, they look like wheat. And so that's the way God tells us to, to not uh, pull out the weeds uh, in the garden, to let them grow until they mature, because when these tares mature, then you can see that they're different than the wheat, that they actually have these little black little beads in them that are technically are poisonous for red. But uh, you can see them when they're mature. You can't see them when they're little. And so we've had a lot of fake Christians, a lot of people who identify as Christians. Uh, remember, Billy Graham said it, 60, 70% of people in church are dead. Uh, it's pretty clear. Jesus said, Lord, Lord. Uh, many will say that, Lord, Lord. Uh, and he'll say, I never knew you. He didn't say some. He didn't say a few. He said many. Many seems like a lot will say, Lord, Lord. And he said, I never knew you. But yeah, we did stuff in your name. That means they were at church. We went on mission trips. In your name, we cast out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. We did miracles in your name. You hear it? And Jesus said, I never knew you. So undoubtedly, a lot of people playing church uh, aren't his. And that's pretty clear right now. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of strange stuff going on. Now, this is where I bring it all together. So I want you to know, I want to prove my point. I'm not just going to make a, a, a positive a thesis or theory. I'm going to prove my point. Let's, perfect example. Look at this whole Simone Biles stuff, right? Uh, we talked about, you know, she bowed out, she did this, and people are saying how wonderful she is and how incredible she is. But then there's the other side. And I did something on how neat, you know, what this and that, but there's this other side. Uh, it was This is from Kelly Sather of the Washington Times, uh, July 28th. Since Simone Biles and the Wussification of America. Simone Biles, the world's preeminent gymnast, withdrew from the team competition at Tokyo Olympics after faltering on the vault, citing her unhealthy state of mind. After Ms. Biles withdrew, the U.S. women's gymnastic team took silver, uh, falling spectacularly short of expectations and ending their decade of dominance. 
Miss Bob pulled out after completing only the first of uh, four apparatus, the vault where she failed to complete all of her twists and didn't stick the landing. She left the arena shortly thereafter. She said, quote, I was second guessing myself and thought best to let the girls do it. And they stepped up to the plate. Uh, and she quote, uh, it sucks when you're fighting with your own head. When you think what everybody's going to think, the Internet, you just feel the weight of the world. I push through that. Now, here's the thing. This is the article. In the next sentence, next paragraph says, except she didn't. And this lady's right. She didn't push through it. She quit. She performed badly on one piece of equipment and left her team scrambling to make up the difference. Instead of pushing through and perhaps lowering the technical uh, difficulty of her routine to complete the competition, she left the arena. She quit her teammates. Ms. Boz, who's regularly described as the greatest gymnast ever, failed to live up to her own. She wears um, sweats, workout uniforms. That have goat on it, just like LeBron James. It's amazing what we can call ourselves the greatest of all time. Even Jesus didn't do that. But don't we live in a world where everybody wants to be an idol, right? An idol. We have all kinds of idols. The greatest of all time status, which she herself has emblazoned with rhinestone on her leotard. Do you see the existential crisis? Some of you are lost. You're like, what are you talking about, Black? Okay, let me go back. Uh, 1996, Atlanta Olympics. Uh, here's just from the internet right here. Carrie Strug overcomes pain to win gold in 1996 Olympic Games. 1996 Atlanta Olympic Strug overcomes pain to win gold. She battled through an injured ankle to perform one final vault attempt, and she stuck it. Everybody remember the pain on her face, and she stuck it. She worked through it. Man, m- think about Moose. How about Jay Novacek? And one year, uh, Emmett Smith like broke his shoulder or, or dislocated his shoulder and then ran for like 200 yards. I mean, remember that. Jay Novacek, I think it was Jay Novacek that was running, got hit so hard his helmet flew off and still stayed on his feet and kept running, running, running. I mean, I saw that highlight for years. See, greatest of all time. That's who you are. The greatest of all time doesn't give up. The greatest of all time doesn't quit. I mean, look at what Jesus Christ went through. Look at what the founding fathers went through. Look about. Look at what happened uh, w- with the, the, the Israelites when they left uh, Egypt. And they had the most powerful army in the world, the Egyptian army, chasing after them with blood on their lips. You know, we've kind of lost who we are. Think about that. You know, we got doctors whose job's out there to, to tell the truth, to understand science. And, and they take the Hippocratic Oath that they will no, do no injury, that they will be in the healing process. And yet we can do abortions on demand. But now you got doctors out there, virologists, who say that this, uh, this, this it's not really a vaccination, this treatment that they're sticking in you, that the government wants to jab everybody's arm to put this mRNA, uh, this stuff in there that's never been used before. It's still not even approved. It's still in trials. Final approval is sometime the end of this month. 
And yet, what, 100 million, 150 million people have been jabbed, and now the military is going door to door? And yet, if you're a doctor, and there are hundreds, thousands of doctors that are sending warning signs on there, this is bad, this is not good, we need to stop, it's going to create a super bug, we're gonna, this whole thing is going to create a super bug that we're not going to be able to defeat, and if you think it's bad now, wait till those super bugs come out. And yet, every one of those doctors is banned, uh, is censored is kicked off of YouTube, is kicked off of, I mean, look at America. Don't you see the existential crisis? This is not about politics. Please hear this. America, we've always prided ourselves in freedoms, freedom of speech, a free and fair press, freedom for political persecution, freedom that when you run against the state that you're not harassed, persecuted, and prosecuted. And now all the stuff that we held dear is gone. Now, if you put anything on social media that does not abide by their narrative, then they ban it. They censor it. They block it. You got the White House now working with Facebook that are highlighting posts. The White House now is going to start looking at all your texts. And nobody cares because you hate Trump so much. What, who, so what is, what is America? What does America stand for? Uh, we used to have freedom of speech. Now we don't. You can only say what social media says is okay. You can only say what Joe Biden says is okay. If you don't, if that's not their narrative, you can't say it. That's not America. What, Russia would jail their political opposition. You realize how many people ran against Vladimir Putin and then died? Ran against Vladimir Putin and then wound up in prison? And you know what? You got all these people rioting. You want to talk about trauma? How about all these cops uh, during the Black Lives Matter rally where they're being uh, called N-word, where they're th- stuff thrown in their face? How about the Black Lives Matter march in Dallas where five cops were killed, five cops gunned down, and never heard a word about it again? But, boy, are we really worried about this January 6th? One person was killed. It was Ashley Babbitt. There were other people that died from heart attacks, from stress, from being fat, from uh, having too much cholesterol, for having a weakened immune system and a little, little pressure. Remember AIDS virus? AIDS virus would kill you if you had a cold. The cold didn't kill you. Uh, what happened was your immune system was so depleted that any infection is going to kill you. Same thing that happened on this January 6th. So where are we? And how about individually? We're lost. Americans pride themselves in hard work and being the shining light on the hill. And so after the break, I'm going to go into something called logotherapy. This isn't my opinion. This isn't opinion radio. This is fact. And if we're going to change something, then we've got to change our approach. Einstein was a pretty smart guy, and he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the wrong jungle. If you don't like the results, change the approach. But first, we've got to diagnose what's really going on. And today on Like It Matters Radio, today's show is called Diagnosis, Existential Crisis. I am Black, and we'll be right back. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was 
completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and we are back. And by the way, if you have not checked out our new updated schedule for our leadership training, itmatters.net. We have now added a class date in Las Vegas. We've added a class date in Boise, Idaho, uh, and we've added a second class date in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. We had an incredible class, uh, Team 225. Uh, man, this is what I do. I'm, I'm a, I teach people how to get ready, get, get them ready for the battle. We get people emotionally involved with their cause. It's a, got a bit of a deliverance to it where we can clean up stuff from the past uh, and then ask and answer those important questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of life? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again until the good Lord brings you home? See, that's existential. So, I want to cover this last two segments, this existential crisis. Uh, And please, this is why I do what I do. This is why I do this daily radio show. We need to be putting good stuff in. You know, uh, you're like a sponge. And when life squeezes us, the only thing that will come out of us is what's in us. And so you got to be putting good stuff in. That's why every Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon right here on Freedom 1570. You can live stream us with us anywhere in the world. We got people in China and Russia and the Middle East on the East Coast, on the West Coast. And they just all they do is they live stream at Freedom1570.com. 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, you hit it. And there we are every single day. And then within 30 minutes, Lee uh, or John has it posted on LikeItMattersRadio.com. And so you can listen to them at your own leisure. Also, where you listen to podcasts, I do a bi-weekly podcast. So every Monday, it's story time with Mr. Black. And by the way, yesterday's was beautiful. It was about putting a resting place, putting I can't to rest. Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. And Henry Ford put it best, if you think you can or think you can't, you are correct. I used to think that was the stupidest quote ever. But if you know what he's saying, it's absolutely foundational. It's fundamental. And so if you think you can't, you'll act as if you can't. If you think you can, you'll act as if you can. Now, just because you think you can doesn't mean you can. But it sure does increase the possibility and the probability. But I can tell you this, most likely, if you think you can't, you can't because you won't. Make sense? Would you give your life for a lie? Of course not. Most people wouldn't give it for the truth. Let's be honest. If someone says they love you, but you don't believe they love you, are you loved? The answer is no, because you'll act as if you're not. And so very important. And by the way, uh, nothing's more important right now than manna, than food from heaven. You know, uh, with, without, without a vision, people perish, the good book says. And by vision, it means a word from God. 
We need a word from God. When Jesus was on this planet incarnate, remember all his disciples were eating and they came to him, Jesus, you need to eat something. And he said, I have food that you know not of from my father. And Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so I give you some manna because that's what it was. You know what the word manna means? You know, God fed the Israelites for what, uh, 40 years, four decades with this thing called manna. Do you know what the manna, the word means when you go back to the Hebrew? What is it? (laughs) That's what the word means. What is it? You know, when you're fed by what is it and your shoes never wear out and you have water out of rocks and you get you complain about meat and all of a sudden your your uh, campground gets flooded with quail that it's feet deep and you can't even hit the ground. There's so many quail. You eat so much meat, so much quail, delicious quail that you're barfing quail. Guess what? When you do that, uh, that's called faith, right? It's called faith. And so I do something called wayofwarrior.blog, wayofwarrior.blog. And I share the Word of God every day with uh, ways to implement it. What does it mean? I break it down for you because uh, a word that you don't understand is, is no word at all. So you've got to understand it to implement it. And so you can go to wayofwarrior.blog and you go to that first post that's right there and you drop down the bottom on the right. There's a little thing that says follow. You click that, you'll be able to type in your email address. And every day when I post, I do it seven days a week, 365 days a year, uh, put the word of God there and it'll come right to you. So today we want to talk about the diagnosis existential crisis. Again, Always got to approach it etymologically. You never co- create a debate. You never do conflict resolution and you start until you start with a common ground, a common denominator. And the common denominator has to be you must define words. Uh, we're all speaking the same language, but let's be honest, we're using different dictionaries. And so the word existential comes is, is a compound word. It's two words put together. Existence and existence. Essence. Existence and essence, which is exist right? The etymology tells us uh, the existential question is a question concerning the essence of what it means to be alive, such as what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning essence of existence? Who am I essentially? What is my true nature slash essence? What is my true identity? What is my greater purpose? How should I live my life? What is death? What happens when we die? Is there a God? And if so, what is his slash her nature? In a world of moral ambiguity, a world of gray areas instead of moral black and whites, good versus evil, etc., how do I make moral choices? How do I choose between two competing bad choices? Or how do I choose between two competing good choices, right? And so that's why I say we're in an existential crisis, because it has to go down to identity. Who are you? And let's be honest, most of us don't walk around every day asking these questions. That's why you need to come see me, because believe it or not, I do walk around every day asking me these questions. I ask you them on the radio for an hour a day. I pose these different questions to you on the podcast twice a week. I do this when I send you wayofwarrior.blog to you daily. So this is what I do. This is why I'm here. My job is to get you ready for what's in front of you. That's why I'm called a life caddy. I get you playing your best game now. You get the credit. You put up your money. You get the glory. You get the women or the men. You get the fame. 
All I get to do is know that I made a difference in your life. That one life has breathed easier because I have lived in my book, in my dictionary. This is to have succeeded, right? But nearly everyone at some point, there's going to come a time in our lives when the surface meaning of everything else is stripped away. It's usually by a tragedy. That's why I say you can tell a man's religion in time of despair. When life squeezes you, you'll see what you're made of because the only thing that can come out of you is what's in you. Think about this. So tragedy happens. We get a separation from those we love in our daily routines, from our normal identities, and or by confronting the destroyer death. I mean, this is what's going on in America, this crisis. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a COVID-22. You're seeing already with the Delta variant. There's no way. This was a dry run this last time. This can be done again, something bigger. I'm telling you right now, we're getting ready to go into lockdown. I don't know if it's at the, in, the end of summer, uh, in winter, the beginning of the year, there will be a COVID-22. COVID-19 is just COVID-19 because it was released from Wuhan lab in 19. Trust me, there's other stuff going on. Look what's going on in China right now. The largest uh, hit of COVID right now is going on in China. So get ready because here it comes. So this existential crisis is important. This is what I said. We're in an existential crisis. America no longer knows who we are. That's why we're not watching the Olympics. Uh, You got half the country that thinks we're evil. That black people are persecuted and white people are persecutors and that a little white baby, brand new born, is evil, is racist, is bitter. But all black people are good. You don't hear the racism there. All you got to do is flip the colors and say all black people are evil. All black people are racist. All black people are hateful. All black people are lazy. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if someone said that? Oh, my gosh, there'd be an outcry. But to switch it from black to white is absolutely no. You couldn't say gay, all gay people are this. You couldn't say that. You couldn't say all transgender people are this. You couldn't say all Mexicans or all Latins or all Germans. You couldn't say that about any other group. But it it is promoted today that you should say that and believe that about white. No, you don't see the racism. How do you not see it? Even if you like Biden, even if you're liberal, progressive, can you at least see it? That's the existential crisis. We don't know who we are. Think about this. If you've defined yourself as an athlete, and therefore being an athlete is what gives your life meaning, you'd probably face an existential crisis if you were injured or you simply grew old and could no longer compete in your sport. Or maybe you're deeply, deeply in love and, and plan the rest of your life around somebody only to learn that they don't love you at all or they die. The same happens for those who define themselves, find their deepest meaning in as a parent. And then there's empty nests. You know, you get husband and wife, they have these kids and they focus all their attention on the hus- on the kids. And then the kids are out of the house and they realize they don't even know each other anymore because their whole purpose for staying together was those kids. Or you were a soldier fighting a war for what you were led to believe was a, a people who would greet you as a liberator or a hero. And then you learn they actually want to hate you and kill you. So existential crisis forced us to ask ourselves what our true nature is, our true meaning, our true essence as a human being when the surface meaning has been removed. So that's what I want to focus on the last segment. Who are you? Why are you here? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day? No matter what America becomes, no matter what COVID-19, 22, 23 
No matter how many crazy people think you should wear a mask in the bathroom by yourself, wear a mask walking down the street by yourself, wear a mask in a car by yourself. How crazy, how fearful of people become. Man, it's just stunning. But you know what it is? It's diagnosis, existential crisis. I'm Black. We'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And yeah, I just got a text from some of you. Yeah, please go on Facebook and like us. Please, 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 please. Uh, Facebook.com slash L-I-M. Like It Matters. You can also find L-I-M Radio. Please share us. Uh, and same thing on the podcast. Uh, you know, we need people to know about us. If you're not sharing us, then people are screwed up in the head. People can't process. This is what we do. We're a thinking radio show. We use logic. We use the sciences and, and the psychologies and the Bible and all all the stuff we put it together in a way that makes sense. We teach critical thinking. We've got to bring back our critical thinking. So please, please, on the wherever you listen to podcasts, live in life like it matters. Search for that and then download it, share it with five people, uh, make a comment on it. Please, we need your help. Some of you know I've changed your life. Some of you said, but oh my gosh, I've, I've saved your marriage. I've done this. Well, please, I'm not asking for anything in return. Just help other people know about us. Expand our territory. Increase our responsibility. Lord, keep my hand from harming others. That's the prayer of Jabez. Please help us realize that. So today we're talking, I'm playing doctor, and I'm giving you a diagnosis. What's going on in America? What's going on in the church? What's going on in our homes? What's going on in our schools? What's going on in our hospitals? Is we have a massive existential crisis. So, Dr. Viktor Frankl, one of my favorite guys, Dr. Viktor Frankl, came up with the concept of logotherapy while he was in Auschwitz. There's a great book called Man's Search for Meaning. Highly recommend it. And uh, he, he was basically written from his experience in Auschwitz. And uh, uh, Dr. Frankl said, you know, when the gates of Auschwitz would open up, he said he could tell who was going to make it. And by make it, he didn't mean to live because that was out of the realm of their control. He put it this way. He said the Nazis could take our food. They could take our clothing. They could take our freedoms. They could take our rights. Uh, they could take our family. They could take uh, everything, but they could not take our will. That had to be freely given. And so in while he was in Auschwitz, he came with the concept of logotherapy. Uh, and it's very powerful, and it drives us. Viktor Frankl's logotherapy is based on the premise that the human person is motivated by will to meaning, an inner pull to find a meaning in life. Logotherapy is the pursuit of that meaning for one's life. 
Uh, Frankel's theories were heavily influenced by his personal experience of suffering and lots in Nazi concentration camps. And that was from the book Man's Search for Meaning. So, the following list of tenets represents basic principles of logotherapy. So, life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable ones. Right? And this is where uh, um, uh, Romans 8.28 comes in. God causes all things to work for the good. Now, God doesn't cause all things. God gives us free will. God allows us to make choices. God allows us to have the consequences for those choices. And God walks with those in those consequences. God did not want David to have Uriah killed. God did not want David to commit adultery with Bathsheba. God did not want me to walk out on a wife uh, because I wasn't happy. I wasn't getting what I wanted. God didn't want, I mean, to say that God caused all things. No, God allows things, permissible will, I guess you could say, because he gives us free will, just like when I allow my kids to play baseball and they get hurt. I didn't want them to get hurt. I didn't plan for them to get hurt. I gave them the choice to play baseball and they went out there and played baseball. And in the process of making that decision, they wound up getting hurt. And then I walk with my son in that injury. We take him to the doctor. We get him fixed up. But I walk with him in pain. I listen to his complaining. I carry him up the stairs to go to his bed. I, uh, you know, give him a bath, right? I walk with him. Same thing that God does with us. See, Our main motivation for living is our will to find meaning in life. Now, you see, Dr. Abraham Maslow came up with something that we call the hierarchy of needs. He said five levels. He said the basic need is survival, biological and physiological needs, you know, air, food, drink, water. Uh, And then second, safety needs, protection from elements, security, order, law, right? And then third is belongingness, you know, being a part of something. No man is an island or a rock unto himself. You know, it's friendship, intimacy, affection, your love. Uh, So that is survival. Those are the basics. Those are what are called deficiency needs, okay? And then the next level is what's called success, esteem needs, achievement, mastery, independence, status, dominance, prestige, self-respect. See, this is where the lie, this is where liberals have gotten a lot of black people to buy into the lie that they're victims. They're victims. Some of the most highly paid people in the world are black in America. Uh, The most famous people, the most followers, the greatest paid athletes, movie stars are black. We got black business owners that are billionaires. We got black president who's making all kinds of monies off Netflix. He's made more money uh, in a couple of years, in one year, I think, after his presidency than he made his combined total life up to before he was elected president. I mean, you talk about someone cashing in. Uh, no one seems to have a problem with Barack Obama being a hundred millionaire, going on to be a billionaire like Al Gore. No one seems to have any problems with Nancy Pelosi becoming wealthy and Hillary Clinton becoming wealthy. And all they've been is government employees. But no one has a problem with them being a hundred millionaires. But Donald Trump cannot make money. Donald Trump cannot. We got to throw him in jail. We got to hunt him down. We got to make sure he doesn't make a single penny. He's lost billions of dollars. You see the hypocrisy. But the fifth level on Abraham Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs is significant self-actualization needs. You got to realize this. And that's the problem. We're so wrapped up in our pound of flesh, our record are wrong. We're so wrapped up in who's, you know, our people are hungry. Our people are starving. Our people are without, can't pay their rent. Who are our people? Talk about racist. These are people out there that are racist that are saying all the people that look like me, they don't care of people who don't look like them. All they care about is people who look like me. Why does that matter? Because who are my people? You know who are my people? 
the same people who are Jesus' people. Remember when Jesus was at a house, he was telling people that he was God and people were getting agitated. And so someone sends for his mother and his brother. And so there comes a knock on the door, Jesus inside with tons of people. And it's Jesus' mother and his brother. And so someone comes up, Jesus said, oh, God, I'm paraphrasing, oh, little G, God, your mother and your brother are outside. They'd like you, please. And what did Jesus say? He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But he or she who do the will of my father, that is my mother. That is my brother. And so I want you to think about this. Man can live about 40 days without food, about three days without water, and about eight minutes without air, but only for one second without hope. That's uh, how Lindsay. Think about that. And yet we have no hope. People are so wrapped up in a 500 years ago, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, 150 years ago, 39 years ago, 25 years ago. You know who does that? That's the devil. He's accused of the brethren. He's always wrapped up in the past. And so what we got to do is we got to focus on who we are. We've got to discover meaning. See, according to Dr. Frankel, we can discover this meaning in life in three different ways. By creating a work or doing a deed, by experiencing something or encountering someone, or by the attitude we take toward unavoidable suffering. See, suffering's part of life. And now we're in America where if I suffer, it's because life's not fair. If I suffer, it's because I'm black. If I suffer, it's because I'm white. If I suffer, it's because of who I share my bed with. If I suffer, it's because of what bathroom I use. If I suffer, no, that's not true at all. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God says the rain falls on the saved and the unsaved. God says the sun shines on the righteous and the unrighteous. He blesses everybody, even those that don't deserve blessing. And technically, none of us deserve blessing. We're we're putrid. And so you got to realize what's going on. So there are presuppositions in logotherapy. In all therapies, there are presuppositions. So uh, the human being is an entity consisting of body, mind, and spirit. The second presupposition is life has meaning under all circumstances, even the most miserable. The third is people have a will to meaning. The fourth is people have freedom under all circumstances to activate the will to find meaning. The fifth is that life has a demand quality to which people must respond if decisions are to be meaningful. And sixth, the the individual is unique. And so I want to give you hope. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust yourselves. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you. And the first question you've got to answer is, who are you? You got to know who you are. That's why I talk about the logical levels. Dr. Robert Dill's work of spirit, identity, belief system, values, capabilities, behavior, environment. Be careful what you attach your identity because it's easier to change what you do than who you are. And we've all been victimized. We've all had bad stuff happen to us. And if you're a Christian, if you're a white Christian, there's going to be a lot of bad stuff happening to you. But you've got to remember who you are. If you're a red-blooded American and believe in the greatness of this country, there's going to be bad stuff happening to you. But you've got to focus in on who are you. And my suggest another question you need to answer, whose are you? Whose are you? you? Who do you sit at their feet? What is your standard of truth? And once you know who you are, And once you know whose you are, then what to do is a lot simpler. But reach out to me at Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Go to likeitmatters.net. Let me help you answer these existential questions. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you. 
When you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters. Music